Matchups galore, Chiefs versus Lions to start the NFL season. What are we looking for and what's going to turn the tide today? Unlocked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Chiefs, your team every day for free on every platform. So like, sub, and hit that bell here on YouTube if you happen to be watching. If not, make sure you're on Spotify and Apple and all the audio platforms because we are free everywhere, all the time, on every platform, anytime that you are able to watch. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGRfootball.com. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Clark, the owner of Chiefs Corner, where you need to check out all the information coming on stats and cap and everything there. We're going to get into today what we really want to see from this ballgame. And it comes down to a number of factors right now. There's nothing bigger, of course, than the defensive line. We will discuss that absolutely because there's no way that we can go without it but we're brought to you today by bird dogs over at birddogs.com slash locked on nfl you can enter that promo code locked on nfl for a free water bottle with any any order at all you don't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you so we are going to get to everything that comes in to this ball game we're going to look at both sides of the ball we're going to take in what you guys are looking for if you want to get more information or if you want up to date uh, messages, anything that breaks about Chris Jones, halftime on a Thursday night football game, you're going to get all the information on the text line, and that is over at 816-357-8781 to get connected right now. We hope that you'll join us there as well. It's another uh, aspect of the podcast that we are taking on this season. I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, with that said, the matchup I think that we all have to focus on is because of the deficiencies and the situation that we know we're going over uh, on the defensive side of the ball. It is Patrick Mahomes. There's one way to take up the slack for the Chris Jones situation that we discussed in a lot of detail yesterday. If you missed that, go ahead and check the last show here on the channel. But it is that you have Patrick Mahomes, the most elite quarterback in this league, and he has to be the guy that forges a way forward with a new wide receiver crew, obviously with, with a little bit elder Travis Kelsey, and a running game that I think has to be more emphasized I generally always think that, but I think it's absolutely something that the team is thinking about this year. But it all comes, Patrick Mahomes has to lead this team in the absence of a defensive stalwart like Chris Jones. Is there something that I'm missing, Chris? I don't think so. I think that he's going to have to be the leader of this team, and Nick Bolton is going to have to lead on defense. And when you look at how this team is is made, it's all going to be on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about this game. There's going to be a lot of talk about how this is going to play out with uh, you know how they start the season and whether or not Chris Jones's absence is going to cause them to lose games. At this point, he's starting to lose fans, and I, it's going to get worse, especially if they start losing games. Yeah, uh, no way around that. It's it's going to be a challenge, and I think there's a couple of things that the Chiefs are going to be in position to take advantage of, especially when they are on the offense. It's it's a it's a younger team. It's it's less I think put together in terms of. Uh, continuity from year to year to year. And so I think that there's, in particular, a couple of players that I'd like to see them attack. I think, in general, I think the complexity of the Chiefs' offense outweighs what the Lions' defense is able to keep up with. Uh, do, are you in on that part? We might have differences on the particular matchups, but where do you see the, the coaching matchup? Well, the coaching matchup is going to be interesting. I think that Andy Reid is obviously a Hall of Fame coach. 
but there's questions whether or not Dan Campbell can get the job done in Detroit. I think they showed that he was getting things done starting last year, and I think that it's going to continue this year. It's going to be a lot more that we need to talk about when it gets to coaching, uh, when you start looking at offense versus defense and, and getting into the different matchups there. And special teams as well could play a big part in this game. I, I agree, and I feel pretty good about what we've seen to this point. And we're going to talk about the coaching wild cards and what, what could be the difference makers later in the show. Uh, as we look at the defense on Casey's side in the next segment, but right now, I think it's it's the offense right here. With the understanding that Dave told me in the announcement that there's going to be uh, special team snaps in the future of one Justin Ross. And we have Kadarius Tony, who looks like he's going to be able to play in some form or fashion. We don't know the volume yet. But that is nearly an offense at its fullest strength. And I don't know if they're going to address seven. I personally hope that they do. Seven wide receivers would be really intriguing to me because of what you are capable of doing. But I think the thing we are forgetting about right here is there is an opportunity with Isaiah Bugs uh, not rumored to be playing in this ball game. You have a young player uh, in um, they, they call him Rodrigo, but it is uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. I always kind of flip those, and now it looks like they're going to be starting Dan Campbell, uh, not Dan Campbell, Jack Campbell. Sorry, no relation that I know of, by the way. Um, but so for me, it is it is attacking the linebacker level, not necessarily one of those players over the others, but it's attacking the linebacker level in itself, whether it's the run or it's the crossing uh, pass game. Either way, I think that's got to be the focus of this offense uh, to lay the groundwork for maybe what they're going to get later in the ballgame. Color me shocked that you're talking about the running game <laughs> going into this game. It just, it, it just never ends. Uh, you know, honestly, when I look at this matchup, the big thing to me is, you know, how does this offensive line treat their defensive line? The, Detroit's got a good defensive line. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson played very well last year. He's going to play a big part in whether or not Detroit has a chance in this game. And it's going to be a big matchup personally looking at the left tackle and your new Don and your new left tackle and Donovan Smith against uh, Aiden Hutchinson. How is that going to play out? Because that really is going to determine whether or not Mahomes is going to have a lot of time. Don't, don't get me wrong. Kansas city can do things to stop or slow down Aiden Hutchinson other than just the left tackle. But if Donovan Smith can handle him somewhat for the most part, one-on-one, that becomes a huge advantage for Kansas City to shut down their defensive pass rush and to give Mahomes four or five seconds to throw the ball because with these weapons, he's going to have time. Uh, he's he's going to need a little bit more time as these weapons so far haven't shown that they're great at separation, uh, at least from what we've seen when they've been on the field early in the preseason and last year. Uh, new weapons could be a little bit different. Mahomes isn't a guy that usually throws to somebody that isn't um, – doesn't have a little bit of separation that's probably going to have to change a little bit this year and i think we're going to see some some rookies back there obviously uh brian branch was a huge acquisition for their defense right yep. um but doesn't look like he's going to be a starting level player i think the secondary has some solid players but there's also some questions because the best corner on the field for them in the preseason was stephen gilmore who's at the bottom of the depth chart a guy that i told you we should have in kansas city wish that it happened but brandon joseph is going to be out there as well they have enough youth there that I do think once they establish tacking the second level, there are going to be opportunities to go over the top, just like Patrick loves to do. So I'm anticipating that there will be shot plays that are able to connect. The question is going to be, is he on pace with MVS? Is you going to, are you going to have the, the separation that you want from Kadarius Tony, given the knee and the lack of, of practice time, et cetera. Those are going to be the big question marks, but the offense I do believe is going to be humming. They're going to have all the right fits for what they want to do. 
We're going to talk about the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of questions there and how they're going to go about things. But fits are going to be very important, especially from our friends over at Bird Dogs, because they do one thing very, very well, and that's make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you that sculpted look that everybody's looking for. If I were 20 years younger, it would actually work. But, hey, I do my best. The shorts uh, do the exact same thing. They're, they look like Lululemon, but they're way better and they fit you better. They have all the, the restriction led away because of this fabric that they use that's super comfortable and it's it, it lets it breathe as well. It's a cloud knit fabric, they call it, which I think is really intriguing. And it's just uh, khaki, but it stretches and gives you that slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement that you're looking for, uh, whether it's warm up or, or anything like that. And it's also got this anti-stink sweat wicking aspect to it. It keeps you cool. It keeps you dry all day long. So what you can do is go over to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And you can use that promo code locked on NFL. That's going to be key at checkout. And they're going to give you a free insulated water bottle with your order. They look great and they're super helpful, especially if you're being active, like they expect you to be in their, their shorts, uh, their khakis as well. They have all kinds of products that are built to be athletic type based things. Uh, it's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And you get that water bottle, you get the clothes, you get the fit and you get the look. It all goes together. It's a free water bottle at checkout. You have to use that code locked on NFL. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. What I don't want to take off is the blitz because I think they're going to have to, and I think it's going to be fairly often. Do you disagree? No, I do think that that's going to be something they're going to have to do. Uh, I just don't know that there's going to be a way around it. And uh, that's unfortunate because uh, I think you feel better in coverage if you were in a situation where you didn't have to blitz a lot. But in this scenario, I think they're going to have to blitz and they're going to have to blitz often just to throw things off. I mean, the big question that you start looking at when you start looking at this offense is what are you going to do with Amon Ross St. Brown? To me, he's their biggest weapon. And mm -hmm. if you can find a way to at least slow him down, you have a much better chance in this game, uh, keeping Detroit at a low scoring output, but you still have other issues. Jamari Gibbs is going to be a problem as well. So you have a lot of different things that you're going to have to figure out. But if you give Jared Goff the time to throw, he's going to use the weapons he has in Marvin Jones Jr. and Josh Reynolds and, you know, Khalif Raymond even. So it's going to be a problem if you can't get after the quarterback. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because I, I tend to drift towards Marvin being the bigger target. But what do these three guys all have in common? And we've seen this with other matchups, particularly in the AFC West. There's one team that matches up really well. And it is with LeJerry Sneed returning. They have the length. And the physicality, I think, withstand this particular group. The turn and run is where we, we have to make sure that the safeties are, are well covered and they're playing uh, their shells correctly, in particular Brian Cook, who's going to be back there for the first time in a live ball game. But I do like the concept of not only LeJarius, but McDuffie, and not only those guys, but Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. Obviously, uh, Nick Jones is not going to IR. He is available. He practiced today. I think that's a big boon for the group. Yeah. And if anything stood up about Nick Jones in this, this preseason, it is his physicality. So I think that aspect of the matchup against those receivers, I feel really, really comfortable with. It's if there's a miscalculation and somebody gets behind you, what is the coverage? What is your backup doing at the back of the defense to make sure a, a big play doesn't turn into a home run play? No, and I agree with you. And we should have mentioned this at the top, and I apologize. Uh, Richie James, Lajarius Sneak, Darius Tony, and Tershawn Wharton all limited in practice. 
The whole reason I bring that up really quick, though, is because you said you think they're going to have seven active wide receivers. They might have to just because of the injuries that they're going to try to be sustaining. Uh, and that needs to be pointed out. When and That's something we're going to watch the rest of the week, so we'll let you know if we get more updated information. still think both those guys are going to play. But Snead is limited, so they're hoping he's available. If he's not available, Nick Jones becomes a bigger part of the defensive plan. Uh, Drew Tranquil is going to play a huge part in this defensive plan, mainly because I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be running after you know, Jamari Gibbs and, and being used in different ways there. And Gibbs is looked at by a lot in the NFL as being possibly the offensive rookie of the year. Obviously, it's early on, and who knows, but he does have a ton of talent. Yeah. And and how do you stop? How do you effectively stop the run game, especially when you know Gibbs can get out to the edges, but he can carry inside as well. He's good catching the ball out of the backfield. I, I am one of the people that does agree that he is a candidate for offensive rookie of the year. But you have to start at the basics, and that is defending the run up front. And that's where the Chris Jones situation comes in here and makes things very, very difficult. And we've heard all the ad nauseum discussion about what the contract negotiation is. If you want more information about that, we talked about it just yesterday in the last show. Go check that out. But here's the bottom line. You have Derek Nadi, you have Turk Wharton, you have the rookie, Keanu Coburn, and you have another like second-year player who only played 128 snaps last year in Neil Farrell. That's not a whole lot of volume at the defensive tackle position. So if they are able to run the ball, if you're not able to get a lead, now you're talking about having to defend the run consistently with at least three players that are not necessarily up to the task as you would expect in a regular season game. That's an issue for me. I don't necessarily disagree that they're youthful. I would agree with you completely. But I also think you're selling short the fact that Chris Jones is a great run defender. I, I really don't think that that's, that's not what he's trying to get paid for. So to me, while it is going to be a little bit different because he could play the run maybe a little bit better than the rookies or the, or the younger players, I don't think it's going to be as big of a drop-off as how much you're going to miss this pass rush or anywhere close to how much you're going to miss this pass rush. And when you start looking at the bodies they could throw at it, I'm not going to be shocked if they don't have Danny Shelton active for this game. Because if you go in there and you throw in Naughty and, da- and Danny Shelton, they may be able to run the ball at times, but it's not going to be on a regular basis. And the other side of it is, is if Kansas City comes up and comes out and puts up 14 points quick, they're not going to be able to run the ball. And I still don't know that Detroit's going to be able to run a ton, considering I think Kansas City's offense, when you start looking at what they've been able to do in the past, comes out on fire week one and just puts up points like crazy. Yeah, I mean, here's a scenario, and one that I'm not happy to, to have to go over. There is a possibility that you have only three active defensive tackles because we don't know if Pharrell's in, in enough shape to play, and we sure. don't know if Turk Wharton's going to be ready to go. The active list on Thursday is going to be maybe the most critical active list of a week one that we've ever seen under Andy Reid because we just don't know who's going to be available to make that ball game work. I love and the idea they- of Shelton. And then they bring up possibly Dickerson, too. I mean, I think you, you could look and go that direction. You have two defensive tackles that both know the defense. That's the other question when you start talking about the guy they just brought from Las Vegas is he doesn't know the defensive scheme yet. And scheme matters more than a lot of people want to take, want to actually look at it. Knowing where you're supposed to be, knowing what your assignments are, especially against the run, is huge. Yeah, uh, agreed. The, the good thing is, is you have a second level here that has a lot of experience. Uh, Nick Bolton, and we've seen a lot more blitz-heavy stuff from Steve Spagnuolo in this preseason, and I hope that that trend continues. Um, I'll be honestly surprised if it doesn't, but 
with Nick Bolton, what he's been able to do. Uh, Drew Tranquil, he's going to be a secondary player. You're going to start Willie Gay and Leo Chanel, as we understand, in the base. And I expect them to come out in the base because of the run threat, to tell you the truth. But Drew Tranquil had a 100-plus tackles last year as well. So you have to feel like you're in pretty solid shape in being able, if you have to adjust and attack that run more aggressively, through the blitz in particular, that you should be in good shape. And that's not even using the fun ones to see Spagnola wants to get to out of the dime and the nickel. So I think there's a lot of volume that they can throw at it, and they're going to have to because of Chris's actions. But I'm fairly comfortable with it. Well, and the other side of it, and we haven't talked about, is you know you talk about blitzing to get after the passer. You can run blitz. Kansas City hasn't done it a ton in the past, but you can definitely run blitz in certain scenarios, in certain scenarios, in certain situations. And maybe that's how they attack the run in this game. Uh, making Detroit one-dimensional is going to be something that would really benefit Kansas City because they're missing their best player on defense. But at the same time, you're in a scenario where you have to figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to slow this offense down, you know, slow down Jared Goff. They've got a great offensive line. If you get them to where they're running the ball on a regular basis, maybe they can't put up enough points, but it also keeps Patrick off the field. So it's, you know, six of this, half dozen of the other. It's, it's a big question as to how it's going to go. It is. And, and there's a couple of wrinkles that the coaching staffs can choose to put in that I think might be the determining factors. We're going to talk about the wild cards on the coaching side right after we tell you about our pals and how you can get into the action right now. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Officially, I am a partner of trying to see the best football that I can. And that's where I'm coming from right now because all of this adaptation we talked about on the defensive side, as well as the fact that we didn't even mention that one, uh, Jameson Williams is not going to be playing for the Detroit uh, Lions. Lions. That, that helps the defense as well. But there are adjustments that have to be made in both those situations. Do the Lions run more? That affects what Steve Spagnuolo has to do. Do you think that you're in a slugfest where you have to not only bring some balance to your own offense, do we see Pacheco get highlighted a little bit more than maybe we usually expect in a week one matchup? Do we see more play action? How do you well, think that this goes down with the coaching staff? Well, you bring up a good question with Pacheco because he's in a scenario where he's just coming back from injury, has barely got any time in the preseason, and I really wouldn't even count that real time. So I don't know that he's going to be able to play a full game. I, I think that they're going to try to use him as much as they can. I expect that CH is going to play – a much bigger part in this game than he probably will most of the rest of the season uh, as Pacheco gets you know attuned to be playing in the NFL again. So to me, when you start looking at what Dan Campbell brings to this team and brings to the Lions, it's a, it's a smash-mouth mentality. It's He is a hard-nosed coach, and he is old school. I'm not saying they can't throw the ball all around the yard, but they're going to want to basically smash you. They're going to want to get after you, and they're going to want to impose their own will. So it's the question of how do you beat a team like that and how do you go about attacking a team like that? Yeah, you could say you could punch them in the mouth. I'm not so, going to be surprised if Andy Reid says, okay, you want to punch us in the mouth? 
we're just going to throw the ball over the top and, and let <laughs> you guys try to catch us. Yeah, uh, you exactly. know, Andy Reid doesn't. I don't expect him to come out and try to play smash mouth football. It's not Kansas City's game. It's never been Kansas City's game. And if they get into that type of game, it's not going to be pretty. Use what got gets you to the Super Bowl year after year, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Let him do what he does best. As long as you can keep him up, up keep him upright, and he didn't get hit in the preseason, you got to be feeling good. Yeah, I, I agree. And obviously, we've talked about, and we'll talk more as we get closer to the ball game. Uh, be with us for the preview. Matt Derek's going to join us. We're going to have uh, a crossover so that we have all the information from the other side as well this week. Be prepared because that's what we're trying to be is be prepared for you. And we are here for you five days a week every time. So you every dayers, spread the word because we appreciate you being here. I'm really concerned that it might be a tale of two halves. We might be frustrated at halftime. Whether it's because of the run game or whether because we're we're seeing some missed opportunities, one thing I'm going to be watching for is is how Mahomes and MVS connect in this first ball game because they feel like they have a better chemistry this this last off season. So does that turn over right away in week one? Those are some things that we're going to be watching. But if it doesn't happen in the first half, I do think halftime adjustments are going to be huge in this ball game. Uh, not only because of the personnel, but just because of of shaking off the winter rust. I call it. Even though you've been through training camp, it is a different thing to be playing at this level. There's still going to be a bunch of rookies playing. And I think that, for second-year players and rookies in particular, is going to be the launching point to make those adjustments. What can you do now? And that's where we see it take off. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they attack. And you're sitting here looking at this game, and the other question is how special teams are going to play into this. Does Kansas City have a big advantage when it comes to special teams? I think they probably do. I think Dave Tobe is a great special teams coach. I think they have a better return situation than they had at all last year, at any time last year. Uh, and that's no offense to Sky Moore, but I think it's a, a twofold thing. It's not only do you have somebody that is used to returning, but you also have guys that are finally used to playing special teams in the NFL, which was all brand new to them last year. So I do yeah. think that that's going to play into into things this year. And I hate I hate making proclamations like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Harrison Bucker hurt himself the first part of last year, first mm. kickoff of the season. That's not yeah. going to happen this year. It's it's just simply not going to happen. You're not going to something there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could fairly say it's not going to happen the first snap like it did last season. Uh, and that really put him at a, a disadvantage when it came to the kicking game. I don't think that the kicking is going to come down to the kicking game in this one. Uh, but I do think that you're going to be looking at a situation where they're going to be in a better situ- a better position this year. The other big question is, is if Kansas City's offense doesn't get it done, which Townsend are we going to see? He struggled at times in the preseason. Is he going to be the guy that was really good last year and really have a chance to flip the field? Yeah, we have to hope so. I mean, and it all comes down to having the team prepared and the coaching staff having whatever wild cards that they're going to throw ready to go. And I think the number one thing that in what our discussion was yesterday and what we have to look for now is this ongoing discussion with Chris Jones is it can't be allowed to become a distraction because the distraction takes away from the team and, and away from trying to get this win. And I think that's the big thing is if Chris Jones is going to come in, that's great. I, I almost feel like it shouldn't be this week at this point. But if it well, were, I, it's going to cause bigger ripples on the roster just because what has to happen when he does get in home, get in house. Even if he shows up at this point and we're recording this Monday night for Tuesday, even if he shows up, I can't imagine that the coaching staff or the training staff are going to let him play. So to me, this isn't going to be a matter of he's done, he's ready to go, he's going to play in this game. 
they can't do that one. I mean, they can't do that to a player one, two. You can't do that to a guy that you want to be the leader of your defense and the leader of your defensive line. You're throwing him out there to the Wolves in a game where other players have been playing for a month. You haven't taken a snap. You need to give him time to acclimate. So I think he's out this game regardless. But I am glad you brought up Chris Jones because we did get this question, and I want to touch on it really quick. Do you think that the Cats brothers wanting to use the call-out contract replacement, not extension way to calculate AAV seems intentional to you to get the AAV the traditional way without the public really seeing it? And what what they're talking about is in reporting it of, of it that way, and that wouldn't that be the best explanation and being willing to hold out seven or eight games? What he's talking about and what the question is about is Florio came out and said Chris Jones wants 84 million over three years. Kansas City's offering 74 million over three years. So it seems like you're at a $10 million difference. The reality is, is Kansas City is offering 74 million, which is 27 and a half million or 27.25 million over the next two years, which is the way the NFL values contracts. They're asking for 84 million. That would be 32.25 or 32.5. I'm sorry, I can't do the math in my head right now. Uh, million per year on the new two new years. That is a complete different situation. It sounds like it's just $10 million difference, and it is. But the way Kansas City is valuing it, they would be paying Chris Jones more than Aaron Donald was getting if they give him that $84 million. That's not going to happen, and it shouldn't happen. You cannot set that precedent. No, and yes, I, I do I think that's the way that, – yes, I do think that that's exactly the way the Cats brothers did what they did and went to Florio. And, by the way, Florio hates Kansas City. If you didn't know that already, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> so using Florio tells you exactly where that is coming from. That's coming from the Cats brothers. That's not coming from anybody in the Chiefs organization because nobody in the Chiefs organization can stand Florio because he, he said to go hurt Mahomes a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's exactly uh, what they're doing. I, you can't pay him that. And the the fact that it's leaking now, when when there is some some pressure, when there's a game check on the line here, that kind of thing, uh, going to the media now and having those things leak, I think is telling about where the situation is. There is pressure now. I think pressure leads to to a decision, an agreement eventually. I just don't know that it's right now. And right now, I don't want it to be a distraction. They could get a roster exemption even if he signed tomorrow, but. It's still a distraction. So let's put that to bed for this week. You have a long weekend. You have extra time. Take care of it after this ballgame. I, I hope that we don't get an announcement before that. Well, I would like to see that it gets done. And I th- actually think it would be better. I kind of disagree with you. It will be a distra- distraction. But I think it would be a benefit to get it announced and to have him on the sideline and have him in the fold with the team. I think that would be a benefit to the team and to everybody there, especially all the young defensive tackles who are going to need somebody to, to mentor them. And I think Chris Jones could step in and do that role, uh, even if he's not playing in the game. Very much so, especially with the defensive tackle unit, as we discussed earlier. We'd love to know what you guys think. Do you want to see this happen right now? And what's the wild card that we didn't talk about that you want to see happen? Leave your comments here on the YouTube channel. Leave it in the Spotify reviews. Leave it in the Apple reviews. We find it everywhere. And you can check us at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter. I'm sorry, it's called X now, my fault. Uh, that's how you can communicate with us. And remember, we're here every day for you. We will be live post-game, and we will have content with Matt, Derek, with our predictions, and with the uh, enemy coming up this week as we prepare for the first week of the Chiefs season. Glad you're with us. Thanks for being with us tonight. We very much appreciate you. 
It's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a long one until we get to that kickoff. But we appreciate you being here with us today. And we'll definitely talk to you tomorrow.